Anybody can cheat at golf, but to cheat creatively and to get away with it is an art form. Today at Tallwood Country Club in Hebron, I will cheat to win a charity golf tournament. First, I must convince my partner to cheat with me. When you have the misfortune, as you did, of hitting into a situation like that, what I always do is I cheat. See these balls? Mm-hmm. I bring both balls with me to the general area where I hit to. Once I see that it's a terrible lie, I simply drop one of the balls in play. What counts in this game is not so much the way you play the game, but what is the score at the end of the round. Don't you agree? The score. Did someone say we weren't going to record during the fall swing? Come on, man. Cut line, breaking down the Greenbrier. getting a tad cooler well for some of us and this marks the start of the fall swing as the cut line breaks down the greenbrier at the old white tpc you guys thought we were going to take a long winter break what the hell are you talking about who are you talking to hell no we're back baby to bring you the best dfs breakdown out there but first I'm so happy to say this again. Hello, Canada. Hello, Australia. Hello, USA. And hello, UK. So good to be back. And PJ is back. Douchebag says what? What? I joke. (laughs) I kid. You guys are awesome, baby. And now, a word from our sponsor. Every day, America Online is making it easier for people to live, work, and play. Hey, Dan, ready for the game? I'm just finishing up here with my new kayaking friends. Kayaking friends on your computer? Yeah, I just got America Online. Sounds great. Listen, I can't go to the game today. What? I've got to send something for my mom's birthday. It's tomorrow. I'll then book plane tickets for our trip next week, and my kids got to go to the library to look up dinosaurs. Hey, we can take care of all that before we go. Yeah, right. Oh, with America Online. America Online can do all that? Yeah. How about sending your mom some nice flowers? All you do is click on Marketplace, we place an order. Call now for America Online, a new way to use your computer. Welcome to, commu- to the Cutline. I am Michael Cavalunis at Lunis on Twitter. I miss PGA. <coughs> In those few weeks, felt like years. And it was it great to be back. But this show cannot go without the 6K Maestro. Martin Pillow's ever so casual fan. His driver slice is right, but his picks are right on. Zach Manafort. What's up, buddy? Yeah, PGA, baby! <coughs> We're back. I love it. I'm excited. I thought we had like a month off. It turned into about to be two and a half weeks, so why not? Let's do it. Dude, it's so good to be back. I miss golf so much. Right? I, uh, yeah, I mean, come on. What else are we going to do? What Baseball, football. Why don't we add golf? We need golf back. Baseball's been good to me. I'm not going to lie. I have done the opposite. NFL Week One was great, but I missed the the four day sweat here. Uh, week One NFL, mm, it was okay. okay. It's all right. We'll take okay. But this is a golf show. <clears throat> oh, oh, I'm so excited! It, it is oh, fall swing time, baby. It's a. It doesn't get any better than this. A bunch of new guys on tour. A bunch of crazy pricing. Tournaments moved to the beginning of this tour that used to be in the summer. What else? What other random things can we throw in here? Like this show? Yeah, why not? <laughs> now the cut line is here to bring you in-depth DraftKings analysis of the Greenbrier at the Old White TPC. And we're going to do the best we can. <laughs> I like these guys. They are funny guys. Just kill one of them. To make sure that your lineups are cashing on Sunday, we'll be sure to bring in timely wax, greenside sand traps, and a putt that might drop in through the back door. And now the goal of the cut line is to make sure that 
you're creating the best lineups, winning lineups, lineups that are kicking ass and taking names, scoring big with everyone's favorite six of six golfers through the cut line. Pun intended. Bam. But, but Zach, what are you going to be doing Wednesday night? Wednesday night, I'll have all my lineups set because I will be on the island of Kauai enjoying a nice little vacation. Well, that's that sounds foolish and <laughs> and not fun. Sounds like a terrible idea. Awful, awful. Seriously, who wants to go there? I mean, uh, nothing, nothing there but beautiful views, beaches, and good food. Yeah, well, if you need leverage, I know where I'm going to be. I'll be checking out Fanshare Sports. True that. Even with my own personal ownership projections, I know that a second opinion is incredibly important. The guys I trust, Fanshare Sports. So if you're not subscribed, fix it, boys and girls. Ownership is a leverage not to be belittled. And as always, a special thanks to PGA and Fantasy National for all the stats they provide for golf fans and PGA DFS enthusiasts. Fantasy National is helping draftees create unique lineups based on key stats and analysis. Trying to figure out why you're always struggling week in and week out? More than likely, it's because you're not considering Fantasy National. You're ending up on the wrong end of the flag stick. So I ask you, how are your lineups doing? It's time for the fall swing. It just means that snow is around the corner for some, and so are the golf trips. Yet, it's time to break down the Greenbrier. We, we are looking at our first event of the 2019-2020 golf season, and our first attempt for golfers to collect those coveted FedEx points. It's going to be a fun tournament. Zach, what are our golfers going to face this weekend? Well, you know, it's not really the fall swing, PGA. <laughs> she falls and starts till the 22nd, so we could have got a couple more weeks off, but fine, I'll, I'll run with your narrative. Uh, so, the old white TPC kind of gets a demotion here. It used to be in the heart of the tour in the summertime, but now we're going to move it to the first tour, first tournament of the fall swing. So, you know... Guys are not going to be in their groove like they used to be coming here. It was flooded one year with all the rain that it got. So it'll be interesting to see. You got new guys coming on tour, uh, guys coming off injuries, first first uh, debut here. So you never know what the hell's going to happen. So it's going to be fun to break this one down. So, you know, the old white TPC, it, you know, the Green Briar, as we call it, military tribute, uh, located in West Virginia. And it was restored back in 2006, revised a bunch of times, most recently in 2017 after it was flooded and the tournament got canceled that year. Um, it's an old Don Ross design, so we're all familiar with that. Par 70 course, just under 7,300 yards. Uh, flat, tree-lined, but you know, well-guarded with plenty of bunkers, bent grass greens, as we're, as we're used to on these Don Ross courses. You know, it's an all-around test, pretty much. And what we're going to see here, which we don't usually see, is you know, when putters get hot, the guy with the best putter usually wins this event. Uh, it's a little above sea level at about 2,000 feet in altitude. So uh, if you really want to dig into some metrics, the ball flies just over 2% further than courses that are at sea level. So take that and do what you will with it. Uh, it's about average uh, on course difficulty. It ranks 34th out of 51 graded PGA courses. So, you know, middle of the road. Uh, the stint meters on the bent grass greens are about 12.5 to 13, which is a little bit faster than tour average, but not incredibly fast. Uh, weather itself, uh, not looking really bad. For a fall swing, we're going to see temperatures in the high 70s and low 80s, so not really that cold. It'll rain off and on Thursday morning, Friday night, uh, Saturday afternoon, and throughout the day Sunday. So good luck trying to find a weather advantage here. Uh, there's not much wind, so wind's not going to be a factor. So hopefully you get the guys that get the softest conditions uh, and play the best. So what I'm looking at for stats this week, uh, based off of previous times this course has been played, uh, I don't know how much it'll affect with the change in the time of year I do it in, but I'm looking at JIR's gain, strokes gain, tee to green. I think it's an all-around course. Uh, I'm going to mix in some scrambling. Uh, I'm going to mix in strokes gained on par fours, driving distance, because that has been considerably further here than on previous on other PGA courses. And then I'm going to, of course, take a look at strokes gained approach from 125 to 150, as that seems to be about the range most of the shots have come at for most of the years. And then the big thing I'm going to weight heavily is strokes gained putting, because as we've seen in years past, whoever has the best putter and the best all-around game usually inches themselves towards the top of the leaderboard. So that's what I'm looking at this week. This week. Uh, it's a little bit harder, because a lot of these guys are making their first appearance, so you got to look back at like the Corn Ferry Tour and some of the lower tours that these guys have played on. Uh, but the stats are out there, so it's, it's going to be interesting for sure. Uh, what are you looking at? I'm looking at approach, ball striking, 
one way to deviate from your from your putting stat, I'm going with three putt avoidance. Mm-hmm. Uh, with them, we're going to like strokes gain par five. Birdies are better gain in fairways gained. That is basically what I'm looking at for this tournament. I know we got a lot of new guys coming in, but as you can see when we go through the picks, I am going to go with our tried and true proven old guys, for lack of a better description, and I'm going to use utilize those stats. I, I, I think it's a scorer's course. Um, as, as yours has shown, double-digit scoring has, has won these tournaments. So I, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, no, I mean, it's interesting. I mean, when you look at the like who's playing here off of last year's rankings, there's only uh, one, two, three, four, five, three guys in the top 25 of world golf rankings. So that's not a really heavy, strong field. Well, it, it, it's going to be fun. That's for sure. Yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting. Well, that'll take us to our Birdie or Better segment where we're going to break down each tier of golfer. And Zach and I will discuss our favorite plays and fades for this weekend's tournament. <clears throat> And, of course, we're going to start with that 11 to 10K range, which is not necessarily loaded, but some names that we are not used to seeing up there. Uh, why don't you kick it off for us, buddy? I mean, I think we just got to talk about the best player in the field, Bryson DeChambeau. I mean, he has a 14th here in 2017. Uh, he's number one across the board in all the models that I'm looking at. And even when you take into account uh, putting, I mean, he's 13th over the last 75 rounds on Bentgrass. I don't think it gets much better than Bryson, and I think with the pricing, you can make a different lineup any way you want to, and I think leaving salary on the table might be the way to go this week. Um, so I don't know how chalky he's going to be at 11-1, but I, I just, I don't know. And I'm not going to go heavy this week, so I think I'm just going to go ahead and lock in in Bryson and just try to deviate other in other ways. Well, Bryson right now, I don't think is going to be that popular because of the price tag he carries, $11,100. Great, great. And... And he, he, just by name only, he's the best golfer in the field. But statistically, he does have some concerns. But also, he does have some, you know, distinct advantages. In terms of birdie or better in the last 100 rounds on bent greens, he ranks third in the field. Um, Mark Leishman does rank number one. Um, we'll talk about him in a little bit. But um, that's key for me, that scoring the birdie or better gain. Now, is the putter going to be hot? Is it going to be able to avoid the three putts? That's a question you have to ask yourself. Can you construct valid lineups with 11100 in salary going to Bryson DeChambeau? I think you can. The, I agree. The thing is that a lot of people aren't going to roster Bryson DeChambeau because he doesn't fit that top-tier number one player that you normally see in this spot in, in PGA DFS. Those usually belong to... Dustin Johnson, Brooks Kepka, Roy McIlroy, Tiger, uh, I shouldn't say Tiger, but yeah. that's that's basically what we're looking at. So it's odd to see DeChambeau here, and if, if you're any experienced PGA DFS player, it's kind of a tough pill to swallow, and I think that's why that ownership goes really low. Ah, fine, good, great. Um, anyways, I got him at just about 12%. Oh, yeah, I'll definitely, yeah. I, I mean, I'll probably have 80%. With top Vegas odds too, so that's fine. Now, Victor Hovland. Oh yes, Victor Hovland season. I'm in. Yeah, I, I'm a little disappointed. Ten nine. Like, come on, man. That's a little. Mo- I mean, that's high. I I love the guy, but I mean, he's like a hundred and he ranked in the hundreds last year in the golf ranking at the end of the season. I don't know that you can come out and price him at ten nine. He was on fire. Though. He oh he was no I agree I think I think my before the pricing came out I had him in like high eights mid nines at the highest and I was like we'll see him in in the ten k's maybe eleven by mid season I didn't think we we're gonna see I did not expect to see him just under eleven k to start the year I'm actually not surprised with the, with the field in this tournament he finished fourth at the Wyndham in August sixteenth at the John Deere thirteenth at the three M Open you know that that's in the July. <clears throat> Of course, his first year on tour, um, being the amateur and everything of that nature. But it, it, he finished 12 at the U.S. Open. We remember talking about that. Um, yeah, I mean, how is he higher? How are they going to price him higher than Leishman, uh, Kevin Na? Like, guys that have performed well, ranked higher, and have done better here. It's just, I, I don't get the pricing. I well, mean, if you're, you're going to tell I me that DraftKings doesn't know what they're doing. I agree, but I feel like it's a trap. I do sense that and if on wednesday we're looking at ownership shares where victor hovland is the chalk of all chalk 
I'm probably not going to play him. Yeah, I'm with you. All right. Cokes, Kokrak, you like him or no? Yeah, I do. Um, I'm Again, I'm a little shocked that he's 10-5. I, I expected him in the, in the high nines, but um, I do like his all-around game here. I, I like his history. I think uh, if I remember correctly, I'd have to double-check because I'm not. Yeah, he third last year. That was really his best finish, but. I mean, to end the season, he was just—he was back in the form we saw him early last season. I mean, he had a ninth, a nineteenth, a twelfth, a sixth, back to all four weeks in a row. I mean, he was into form coming into the end of the year. Um, so hopefully, he's still in form. Uh, unfortunately, I can't pay for all these guys, so I'm gonna have to make some hard decisions. And right now, it's Bryson, but I like him. I like—I like it. I get it, and I'm on board. But I just don't think I'll have the room for him. Yeah, the the nice thing with Kokrak is he has a third place finish here last year. <laughs> 54th in 2015, 13th, I'm sorry, 41st in 2013. He did miss the cut in 2017. So his tournament history here is not necessarily spectacular. But um, the one thing I do like is that if he if, if his putter gets going, Kokrak is going to be money. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, that's what it's going to come down to. Who's Who gets the hot putter? And God knows how you can never figure that one out. Right. Uh, last guy I just wanted to touch upon real quick in this range was Mark Leishman. Um I think people are going to look at his tournament history and they're going to say, no, thank you. I don't want any interest in Mark Leishman. But the fact is, Mark Leishman is a fantastic golfer. And if you're going to tell me in this tier he's going to be that much unpopular to someone like Victor Hovland, someone like Jason Kokrak, someone like Bryson DeChambeau, I'm going to have pizzas of him in my mass multi-entry. It just only makes sense. Um, Ranks 18th overall in my private model. So that really like, just like gives me the green light to go ahead all in on Leishman, and then of course his ownership projections right now, single digits, baby. I mean, mm-hmm. you're getting Mark Leishman at single digits at ten thousand two hundred dollars when people are going to be going to Victor Hovland. I think he's the perfect top tier pivot. Bubba Watson kind of fits that bill. I'm just not in love with Bubba Watson here with that course and everything like that. But I can see him being successful looking at his course history here. So, um, anyways, going sticking with Leishman. I just think there's a lot here that is going to be overlooked. He's, he's the top scorer in the last 100 rounds on Ben Grass. He is number five in strokes game par fives and approach. He's 66th in ball striking 39th. That's obviously a little bit below average, but not the worst. So th- there's things to like here about Mark Leishman. I, I think it's one of those spots where our best golfers that are in this tournament are looking to get those coveted FedEx points. They all learned a lot from last year's tournament schedule change, and I think they realized that, hey, we have to play early, so we are not playing every weekend come June, July, August. So uh, it's going to be exciting, this whole fall swing. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how, how guys adjust to, to the tournament schedule as it changes year in and year out, it seems. Um, I, I'm on the other I'm on the other camp with Leishman, and... I get it. He ranks 10th in my mixed condition model, but just ending the season last year, he was just losing strokes, regardless of his finish. I mean, he finished 24th. I mean, I don't say much to a championship, but 19th at the BMW and 3rd at uh, WGC St. Jude. Of course, no cut event. Um, but he was losing strokes off the tee in his last six events. He's losing strokes on approach, the last three, uh, and tee to green, the last four out of five out of the last six. I don't know if the break, maybe he cleared it up, worked on something, but I don't know. With his course history and the way he finished last season, I can't do it. You don't want a piece of Leishman? I don't. And mainly because I just don't have, I don't, I can't. I don't have enough. I like, you know, I like Bryson. I like Kokrak. I'm going to have a majority of Bryson. And after that, I just don't have the room for him. Right. Plus, I want Sanjay. I mean, and I have to go, we have to go down a little bit, but. I like Sanjay and Neiman, so I, way more than I like Leishman. Well, it's a good transition. We'll go to that 9K range, which to me seems really loaded with great golfers. Oh, yes. And this, you know, this includes the Terminator, includes Neiman, Piercy, Benny On, Russell, Henley, uh, Scheffler, Kevin Na, Keegan Bradley, and Cam Smith. Um, before starting on who we like, because I, I think we both are agree that like, this whole range is loaded. Who in this 9K range do you not like? Ooh, good question. Who do I not like? Okay, uh, Russell Henley, because I think he's going to be chalk. I don't like. And I just like other guys. I, I think he's a great play, and I think he's got the course history and stats to back it up. But I don't like him because I'm gonna. that is one guy I'm going to fade 
Uh, Kevin Na, I'm going to fade on the same. Keegan Bradley, I'm going to fade off course history. Uh, and if I have to pick one more, Cam Smith. I don't like him. I am with you on Cam Smith uh, on the fade, but it it. It just makes sense to me. The guy, the guy's not really a big scorer, no. um, and he, he's way overpriced here at yeah. 9K. Um, well, I'm going to disagree with you though on, on Keegan Bradley. I know what you're going to say, and I agree. I agree that it, when his putter gets hot, and this is the course it always does, right? Well, you, even so, it's it's almost like this is a lock for him to make the cut, and then you hope for that strong Saturday Sunday, which which is unlikely to happen. You know, come like January, February, March, because we're going to see a ton of Keegan Bradley. But um, he's just too good in this field. Not, he's, he's never not he's never have. missed the cut here, never. I know, and and I think he's got lower ownership than he should. I I don't, I don't think he's chalk at all. I think he's single. Really? Digit. Yeah, I think I think that your highest ownership here, if you're going to play the ownership game, because you're talking about Kevin Na saying top chalk, right? I think I think Russell Henley is top chalk on this range. I don't even think I think it's Neiman right away. Really, Neiman and the Terminator, dude. I mean, those are well-known names, even to the fish. Yeah, but if you look at the course history of Henley, he's tenth, fifth, and fifth. I mean, the guy is a monster here. How I don't think we're getting those types of players this weekend. And when I mean players, I mean people playing DraftKings golf. Like, well, if that's the case, then I'm going to roster all the chocolate. Think about think about where a lot of these sharks are swimming right now. They are going to be just consuming, consuming NFL. Yeah, but when when Wednesday night rolls around and there's no NFL to enter and there's really not much baseball going on, you're just going to click on the PGA tab and start dumping stuff in there. Give me the money, man. And they're going to go for the names they like, dude. They're going to go for Terminator. They're going to go for Neiman. They're, they're, they're going to go for names they love. Benny on. Russell Henley's gonna be a little chalky. I, I see that. And even even Scotty is gonna be a little bit chalky. I like Scotty. I like him too. I'm not saying that these are bad plays. I'm not saying don't eat the chalk on Neiman. But I don't. I'm not gonna sit here and say, oh, don't play someone in this range because they're gonna be chalk. I think there's a ton of chalk in this range that you're just gonna have to suck up. Either that, or you skip it all together and just go to the AKs. I don't. How are you gonna <laughs> skip the Terminator, man? He's I, like I, our. I, he's my boy. But you got Burgoon way down there. <laughs> all right anyways plays we like we, we'll start with sunjay just because we've been talking a lot about him sunjay comes in at 9800 ranks 12th in my private model which is encouraging obviously but strange because in my mixed condition model on fantasy national he ranks 49th and that's due to just the limited rounds and exposure i have its settings at yep. but i'm still interested even in that in the in the case uh, on par fives he ranks second in the field birdies are better gained he ranks 28th in the field. So, you know, those are some encouraging signs for Sanjay M, especially at this course. Um, has struggled with longer irons at, at times in terms of accuracy, mm-hmm. but luckily we're going to be playing the shorter irons. And I, I'm just not going to forget what people Caddy said about his game. They were saying superstar talent. Yeah. Um, and if this superstar talent is only 9,800, give me Sanjay, all the Sanjay I can have. Yeah, I mean, I mean, look, you're, we're saying putting wins this event. In nine of the last ten events, he's gained strokes putting, and four of the last ten, he's gained like over five strokes on the field. Like, that's insanity. Yeah, I, I think it's a great play. Um, and let, let's go. Let's just keep down the line. Like you look yep. at Neiman. All right. Yep. Neiman in my mixed condition model, number two on Fantasy National, number two in birdies are better gained. Like, is a stud. And I think a lot of people are going to see this, and and boom, chalk city right there, right away. I I, I think he's the highest played man on the board. Um, I have not heard any other podcast or anything. We never do that on this show, but I guarantee you, um, once I listen to Gup's corner, Gup is going to be all over Neiman. Um, he loves Neiman, so Gup always gives big exposure to players. I know casual players like listening to him, so. Um, 31st at the BMW in August, 30th at the Northern Trust, 13th at the Wyndham, missed the cut at the Open, 10th at the John Deere in July, 23rd at the 3M Open. You look at just those recent results of top 30 after top 20 after top 10. He's going to be popular. He, he just is. So we could go over stat over stat. The question is, is he fadeable? 
Uh, yeah, I think he's fade. I think you can fade him. I mean, there are so many other good plays that, yes, I think you can. So then who would you pivot to, just in this range? Uh, I'm telling Scottie you right Sheffler. now, I got I, I, I would I go Scotty Scheffler. I'll be honest. My ownership algorithm's got him as, as top. Uh, Neiman, you're saying? Yeah, for sure. Like if I if I'm if I'm pivoting for ownership, I'm going Scheffler. Like I think it's too high, but I got him borderline 32, 33. Oh wow, yeah. If it's that high, I don't I don't play him. So so like Wednesday is going to be just a huge part of the process this week if if he's that popular. But but sometimes the public's right. Yeah, of course. And and. I don't know. It'll be curious to see where I land on Neiman come um, Wednesday night. Yeah, I'm with you. I'll, I'll take a look. But if it's going to be as high as you say it is, yeah, I can fade him without really feeling bad about it. No. Um, other 9K guys I like that we kind of mentioned, Scott Piercy, Benny on Russell Henley. Um, I'm a huge Keegan Bradley fan, 13th in my private model. Someone that really pops, though for me is Piercy. Uh, he's fourth overall and I think he's just a sneaky good spot. He's a great scorer. 3.86 oh, yeah. per 18. Um and I think he's coming in at just a great spot. He he's he's up there in the Vegas odds. He's plus 3300 and I got him at, at single digit percent ownership. I think if you want that 9k pivot that's even cheaper than Neiman and Sanjay, it's Scott Piercy. I can see that. So, anyone else in this 9K range you are dying to mention? No, not really. I mean, no. Kevin Nah. Kevin Nah, yeah. one of no, us here. No, thanks. Nah, thanks. Why? Get it? I get it. <laughs> Why? Because DraftKings priced him 9,200, yet he's the defending championship, defending champion. No, thank you. But he should be priced f- higher. And he didn't look good. He didn't look good since Charles Schwab. He did not look good. He is just like Leishman where he had ended the season awful. Dude, it's been so many weeks since the end of the season. You're going to think he hasn't been practicing, fixing his shit? Nope. What's he been doing? Well, and he won. And, see, I don't don't take into account the winner of last year because this tournament's a different time of year. No one's in a groove. People are coming out shaking the rust off. Kevin Nas frustrating. Nope. I want to see if Kevin Nye is a Twitter. Does he? No. No, he doesn't. Uh, At least I can't find it real quick. Well, that's garbage. All I know is is that he wears his head. He's got a huge head. (laughs) It's like awkwardly shaped. Is it? Yeah, it is. Well, he has an Instagram. So there you go. I don't, I don't do that Instagram shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, whatever. Good luck, Kevin. Nah. All right. So that'll move us down to the 8K range. And there are far less golfers that I like in this range, though I do still think it is stacked. 8K range includes Brian Harmon, Laird, Harold Varner III, Streelman, Streb, Russell Knox, Zach Johnson, Danny McCarthy, J.B. Holmes, and Joel Dahman. Zach, where are you going in the 8K range? Uh, I have three guys that I like in the 8K range. Harold Varner III. Love him. Russell Knox. Love him. And one that you probably won't love, Zach Johnson. Barf. Yep. I, you know, I felt the same way initially, but I don't know. I think he has never he's never played here before. Um, but statistically, looking at his bent grass rounds, minus his driving distance, he ranks... In the top twenty, in most of the stats I'm looking at, so I like him. I think he'll be super low owned. He ranks six in the field on bent grass putting over the last seventy five rounds. He's eighteenth in proximity from one twenty five to one fifty, and thirty sixth, which isn't great, in strokes gained tee to green. All that mixed together, he comes out fourth overall for me. So for eighty three hundred, I'll plug him in in a few places. Fourth overall. Fourth. And I had to, and I really had to like dig into this because I didn't didn't agree with it, but everything shows me like, especially if we're looking at putting, and it's going to be calm conditions, and it it all lines up. 
Probably like he had such a bad year last season. He did. He really did. But yet, on the bent grass courses, he showed up at least putting, which is what we need. And it was majority of like last summer is when he was really like in the groove where he had a bunch of top 20s back to back. It's seven in a row. So yeah, that helps. I mean, 53 at the Wyndham. 53 at the Wyndham. Oh, yeah. He ended the season. Missed and... the cut at the Open. Didn't yeah, make sure. the FedEx Cup. Like, I don't know what's going on with Zach Johnson. Um, he's probably hanging out with Dustin Johnson. And they're just... <laughs> Johnsons wow. are just sucking it up. But I'm uh... going to play... You know what? I'm going to play wait and see on him. And if it All burns right. me, it burns me. But um, um, I get the play. Especially the way you know some things that you said with the putter, but there are just too many what ifs, you know, sure. that I'm uncomfortable with. I get you, and I would I would rather pay up honestly for uh, Kevin Streelman. That I like. I would I'd rather go there. I'd rather go to Varner. I'd rather go to Laird in this situation than go down to Zach Johnson for a salary saving spot. I mean, you could probably get Laird at single-digit ownership, probably get Streelman at, like, about 10% ownership. Even Varner, who who finished that, you know, the playoffs last last PGA. I, yeah. think, I think it's, like, Varner's year, like one of those years where he puts it all together. Oh, I'm with you. I, I love Varner. I, I love him this week. And he's got good course history here. He ended the season in up-and-down form, but he was making cuts and coming in top and third in one event. Well, I think it's a great way to start it off. We're, we're jumping around here a lot. So let's look at Varner specifically. Sure. Okay. 28th overall in my private model. On Fantasy National, looking at Varner, I got him 34th in my mixed condition model. Things that pop to me is the proximity from 125 to 150, yep. plus that proximity to 200 plus on those par fives. The scoring's on the par five. Um, the one thing I don't like about Varner historically has not been that scoring machine that you really mm. want. But the field is so weak, the course is so easy that that might change. So, Varner is in play for me. I, I think his ownership's going to be low enough where you have to really take a hard look at potentially being overweight. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you on the on the red flag. I mean, his putting, yeah, 98th over the last 75 on bent, it worries me. But again, for me, he shows up ninth overall in my mixed condition, so I, I will definitely be overweight. I think this is this is where he puts it all together. Right. Well, Streelman's kind of in that same boat, right? You want that short game and putter to get hot. Everything sure. else kind of fits in place, but like, does does that putter get hot this weekend? Because either one of those two guys could easily win the tournament this weekend. Yeah, no, I worry about Streelman because his proximity game is just not looking good. His tee to green game is all right. You know, his putting is uh, 113th. Um, for me, he ranks 34th overall. So if I'm taking the difference there, I'm taking the guy who's Top 10. I mean, Streelman's awful on Ben, ben Green. Right, and, and and I'm trying to avoid that as much as possible. On Varner, I can't get away from it, but I can't do it on Streelman. Fair enough, fair enough. But, I, I mean, how much are you weighing recent form? Because... 24%. <laughs> if you want an answer, 24%. How can we wait that at this point? So many weeks have been off. The, the right. golfer, the golfers have been able to to just sit back, relax, kind of reboot, uh, yep. for lack of a better description, and and get back to it. And like that makes sense for Zach Johnson and your call on him. But sorry to call you out on this. Like, how are we gonna? How are some plays valid and reliable? In terms I don't of recent form, and then some are not. I, I aren't they? Aren't they all kind of on a level playing field? I don't think that they are reliable, and, and that is why I put it at twenty. It's my lowest weighted, well, second lowest weighted item. I am not weighting recent form as high as as historic strokes gain putting on bent grass and the conglomeration of all the stats that I'm looking at together over the last fifty. So I want guys that historically have done well on bent grass on all the stats that I mentioned earlier, JR's game, scrambling, par four, and distance. And then historically good bent grass green putters. Then I will take into consideration their recent-ish form, last 36 rounds of strokes gained tee to green, and last 50 rounds on 
approach from 125 to 150. That's how I'm looking at it with percentages. But I agree. I think recent form is, is it's hard to tell. I mean, you're not only are you guys are taking time off, you're taking the course from where it used to be to where it is now and introducing a bunch of new players. So I don't think there is a reliable way to look at this. I, I am really heavy on long-term form. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. And I am not, I am barely waiting recent form. I, I just don't think it's, it's reliable to say that, you know, we're three weeks out of the tour championship and even further for some of these guys last tournament. Um, just yeah, because we they were in the We FedEx. see guys take off three or four weeks all the time and we say they're coming in off a break in good form. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But uh, if those, it was a longer I think, break, I, those I, are I, different, I think those are different players, though. True. Yeah, you're right. So, you know, Brooks wins the, the PGA championship and then takes a few weeks off. Yeah. I get it. Versus someone like Joel Dahman, no, it's a different sentiment. It's a different feeling. But um, before we tackle anyone else, though, Russell Knox, we both love, yeah, absolutely awesome. love. I, I, he's way too cheap. You talk about an atrocious pricing. Russell Knox, eighty four hundred in this field is too cheap. He should be yep. more money. Agree. Um, so I'm gonna go heavy on Russell Knox. I still have him in ownership in single digits. Oh, good, good, great. Yeah, so um, Russell Knox, great play, ranked 16th overall in my private model. Um, the thing I love most about Russell Knox is long-term. He's fourth in fairways gained, second in the par 4, 400 to 450 range, ninth in proximity from 200 plus, seventh in proximity from 125 to 150, 16th in birdie or better gained, third in approach, 22nd in ball striking, Russell Knox, is a great play this weekend. If I'm building one lineup, my first play is Russell Knox. That's how much I like him this weekend. Don't blame me there. So Absolutely with you. Joel Dahman, get him right, get him wrong. What do you think? Is this the weekend uh, he says, I'm going to play well, or is this the weekend he's going to wear that stupid hat and fucking suck? Uh, I go with the, the suck. We're going with the I, suck? I don't like his putting here. I don't like... His long-term putting on bent, and I just, eh, eh, no thanks. Not the week. 24th at BMW. I was there. There's, there's only, you know, how many people are in the field? 70? Uh, roughly, yeah. That's not too good. Oh, I had so much fun at the BMW. <laughs> oh, I'm sure you did. <laughs> I don't um, like him. I don't like it. I don't like it one bit. Fair enough. All right, so that'll move us down to the 7K range, which includes Tom Lewis, Danny Lee, Burgoon, Austin Cook, Hickok, Bud Cauley, Brandon Gray, Sepp Straka, Munoz, Armour. I could keep going, but we'll just list the guys we like. My boy Tringale at the end there, man. 7,300. He he's here. He's here. He's going to show his face, his appearance. Do it. Uh, but he's not my favorite in this range. My number one play in the 7k range is Sep Straka. Oh shit. Yeah. Oh wow, yeah. I didn't I did not see that coming. I get it. I see I see why, but I, I didn't see that coming. I mean, you talk about just sleeper, low-owned sleeper. Who's going to roster him? Best putting surface first of all is Bent Greens, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in this field he kind of hides in the middle with like being just kind of average everywhere except in those par fours that 400 to 450 range in that proximity that 120 to 150 range where he's top 20 pretty or better scoring machine and 19th on strokes game par five so i i really like sep straka in this position he's someone i'm going to have a lot of no tournament history here obviously so that's going to be a derailment in terms of his ownership sneaky good Last bit that I love on my private model ranks. Drum roll, please. Number one. Get out. Number one. As of right now, number one. That is not a typo. That is amazing. Sepstraka, boys. Sepstraka. You heard it here first. Who else you got? I mean, I don't have any Straka, but I will roster Straka on first round showdown because that guy comes out swinging. 
I know. He's gonna he be, always finds himself in round one at the top of the leaderboard. He's going to be number one. But this time he's going to be number one on Sunday. Interesting call. Interesting call. All right. Who else do you like in this range? I don't. I don't. But if I have to choose, and I know I have to, um, there's five guys that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take. <laughs> I don't, range. but I'm going to pick five. I have five because <laughs> I'm going to have to fit them in somewhere. So i got Nick Watney, Nick Taylor, Mackenzie Hughes, Bryce Garnett, and Sam Ryder. And if I have to pick all of those, I don't like any of them the best. I like them all equally and not very well. I, I, I'm, I'm trying to find a way on, to you pick like one of them. You like Ryder, Hughes, who else? Nick Watney. Okay. Nick Taylor. And Bryce Garnett. I think I'm only on Nick Watney. Of that group, yep. I don't like. I just don't. I don't know. I don't like the seven K range. I like Garnett. You know, he yeah, he missed the cut to end his season in the Northern Trust, but he was putting together a string of good events. At six, the Wyndham. You know, John Deere. Like he was gaining strokes putting in all these events. And, and I'm looking historically. I really like the putting here. Uh, I don't think Bryce Garnett's going to be owned like at all. Um, so you know, I'm looking here in the seven Ks to differentiate. He's made two of three cuts here. Finished in the 30s. I mean, I don't know. I don't like the 7K range. I think it sucks. You don't like Bud Collie, man, at a fourth place finish? No, 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 no. I, I do. I do, but I, I don't know. I'm trying to stay away from guys that have good course history here in the 7K range. Like, if I, if I went that route, like, I'd love Scott Stallings. Never missed a cut. Won it way back in the day. Uh, who else? I mean, Kevin Chappell missed one cut, like, seven years ago here. Uh, but, you know. I don't know. There's something about those guys. I don't like it. I don't. I don't like how the tournament's moved. I just. I don't get a good feel for it. I, don't, I really don't like anyone in the 7K range. I'm totally honest with you. Gooch. I'm gonna be. I, I looked at Gooch. I don't like him here either. I'm going straight to the 6K. I love the 6K range. Oh, I hate it. Oh, see there. I'm back. I feel. I feel at home again. We got a full list of golfers. We got unknowns in the. Like, that's where I thrive. These tour championship bullshit. I don't want to play that game. I want the, the scrub, the toilet bowl, like underneath the trash can, like not even in the trash can. They're the crap that gets stuck to the bottom. I love that range. Well, I'm, I'm not going to just gloss over this 7K range because you hate it, okay? <laughs> it's not going to fucking work that way because I like this 7K range way more than I like the 6K range. And the reason right. I like the 7K range, because there's actually golfers in the 7K range, more like this shit that's in the 6K range. We'll see. I'm gonna blow your mind in the 6k range this is not the middle of summer like dead dog a pga 6k range is all of a sudden dominating this is this this is real golf guys have had long breaks they're refreshed they're ready to get back to it you got people frothing at the mouth coming on the pga tour on the 6k range it's time get yeah. these old middle of the road barely scraping their pga tour card every year guys out of here whatever <laughs> you, you you do you. I'm going to make an all 6K lineup. It's happening. Good. Waste your money. That's fine. <laughs> all right. So, Bud Colley, he is most definitely in play for me. One thing, though, you do have to worry about is the putter. If the putter comes out cold, he's not making the cut. That That's the risk with Bud Colley. He is not a cash game play. So, if you do end up with him in your cash game line, switch that out quickly. Now, where he does uh, have some success is that birdie or better gain, which you need here. That proximity from 200 yards plus, and that strokes game par five and the ball striking. It's all top 25. So that's why I like Cauley. Um, another player I like is Bronson Burgoon, 7,800. I do think Shocking. he's. Shocking. I mean, I do think he's a little overpriced. <laughs> like, I, I, I will say that. But um, 31, uh, 31st overall, my private model. But what I do like is that he's low owned, single digit ownership. And, and that. I like, especially with Collie, someone, or excuse me, Burgoon, someone we can kind of hopefully see, you know, top 20, top 20 success, which I think you kind of need from this 7K range. Um, the problem is last season, you talk about bad seasons, last season was about as bad as it gets for Burgoon. Um, yep. So, you know, I was arguing Zach Johnson, don't play him. Ironically enough, Burgoon fits, fits that same bill, but I'm willing to take some shares of him. I don't know how much, because you really don't need a lot to have Burgoon. Probably um, 
probably one or two lineups is going to be overweight compared to the field. So, um, other seven K range. Gotta gotta mention my boy, Tringale. Of course. I mean, if this is your first time to the show, I love Cameron Tringale's name so much that he typically just ends up in my player pool because it's the sexiest name I have ever heard. It's not a valid reason to roster him in your DFS, but that guy's got to land so much fun times for himself. But from a golf statistics perspective, he's very, very, very average on bent greens. Um, but overall, he has kind of just average marginal success everywhere. And what you're hoping is that he figures out his uh, short irons in that approach game to make that putting a little bit easier. So that's what you're kind of looking for. Tringali is just kind of one of those hit or miss players. Um, but we got to talk about Nick Watney. Both you and I agreed on Nick Watney. So you, why don't you kick it off? All right. Yeah, you're going to make me talk about some guy in the 7K range. Fine. Uh, 7,300, I think Nick Watney is, I mean, great. He ended the ended the tour pretty well. Uh, he's a decent bent grass green putter, top 33 historically uh, over the last 75 rounds. Uh, strokes gained TD green. He's middle of the road. Um, you know, he's just he just looked good on bent grass. Like, if I had to choose somebody... I believe his course history here is actually not bad, um, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I mean, he's made three of five cuts. Finishes in the 30s and the tw- and 23 way back in the day. He's not a gr- – honestly, he's not like a great play, but he is a salvageable 7K play. I, like I said, I can't get behind a 7K guy with everything I got, but Nick Watney is probably the top of the, of the shit pile. He's got a great approach game. Yeah, I, I, he's got. There are areas in which that he should do well, but. Eh. All right. And you know what? I, I'm, I'm gonna take it back. Bo Hostler. Well, you're just finding a guy now that you like. No, I, 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 well, yes, sort of. So he has never played here. Fine, but he ended the season well, and he is the number one putter in the last 75 rounds on bent grass greens. I'm not. I'm not. Give me him. I'm not I'll gonna. I'm not gonna take the putting here as so heavily invested in, as, as a great play. Like we know, putting is one of the most volatile stats in the whole Good. sport. Like it's not going to be a main stake play. I I typically never even include it in any weighted in weighted system. So if we're gonna go to Bo, uh, just because the putting. Fine, but there's so many things that have to get go right for Bo. Yeah, there absolutely is. And at 7,300, you'd want top 15. I don't know if he has it in him. I mean, when you look at the average strokes gained per round here, stroke game putting is 1.6 strokes gained for the winner on average. The closest thing behind that is approach at 0.8. Almost double. Double strokes gained with putting to win this event. That does not usually happen. But when you look at correlation, just because they're the overall best putter or one of the best putters, if, if it were that easy, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to win. Like that, that, I, no, that, that it means, doesn't. you know, that means then any tournament Jason Day's in <clears throat> where you're on a putter type course, you roster Jason Day. No, I, it doesn't, I, but it gives you a better chance. Especially on these cheap guys to get a, a better, a higher ceiling. They don't have to win. He doesn't have to win. If he comes top ten, he, he's he's a good player. Top twenty even at that price. So then, if you love putting so much, why Sam Ryder? I have I like Sam Ryder. I'm saying why Sam Ryder? Oh, why Sam Ryder? Because he's not a good grass green putter. Yeah. I don't love him. I just love some of his other stats. I don't love anyone in the seven K range. That most of the guys that I have picked, minus like maybe three, are. Solid or elite bent grass green putters. Ryder is the is the exception, and he's not even that. I mean, he's not terrible. No, he's not terrible by any means, but he doesn't fit the bill. No, but he's got a decent tee to green game and a decent proximity game, and he's also seventy one hundred. I'm willing to take a little bit of risk in, in this range. And again, I'm not going to play a lot of seven K guys, but All right. I want the six Ks. Uh. Last guy I want to talk about. Yep. And I already know what you're going to say, but I have to ask anyway. No. The Duff Man. 
Ooh. Ooh. Actually, I don't, you know what? I don't have an opinion because I didn't check him. He never made my cut, so I really don't know. Well, we know the putter is the issue. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. 131? Yep. No, thanks. Okay. We And, and on Ben Green's, ter- terrible. <laughs> yeah. Right. That's why he didn't make my list. But my thing is the field here. It's such a weak field. It's one of those things where Duffner can just come out and dominate. Where is what, uh, Kenny? What is what is his uh, what did he rank? Is he even in the top one hundred? For what? The golf ranking. Duffner? Yeah. I don't think so. It's pretty low. He's falling off. Duffner. Duffner last Duffner last year ranked one sixty one, I believe. 163. 163. Um, for reference, for reference, Bo Hostler is 126. I don't care about that shit. <laughs> I I think Duffner, if, if you want a guy who's going to be for sure 1%, 2% owned, and a guy who can make that cut and score, score, score if that putter gets hot, is a guy you need in one or two lineups. That's what I'll say about Duff. And he's an MME guy. If you're going to risk him in a three max, I think that's completely foolish. But um, if I play the 150 this weekend, I'm going to have pieces of Duff. Interesting. Anyone else in the 7K range you want to talk about? Pass. Pass. All right, well, that'll take us to our MG Monsters in Guarantee, the Martin Pillar effect. This is where we will take our monster, the player that we finish in the 6K range, will finish in the top, what do we say, 20? Sure. We'll go top 20. We'll go top 20. Top 20 or better. And our guarantee, which is our player in the 6K range, guaranteed to make the cut. Now, this is Zach's segment. Named after your infamous Martin Pillar effect, uh, call. I guarantee you'll make Oh, that one still hurts. We're, we're giving it a double dose of monsters this week, boys and girls. So, Zach, give me monster number one. Mm, monster number one is going to be... I've changed my mind since I wrote my notes earlier today. Ooh, pressure's on. I'm going to go with some crazy picks. I, there's so many guys I love in the 6K range. Um, but if we're going to go with the guys that I think have the highest potential here, my first one is the return of Robert the Weed Smoker Garrigus. Okay, let's hear I it. I like him. 6,200. Uh, he's not an, an elite um, bent grass putter. 79th in the field. But he is 28th strokes gain to green. He is second in proximity, 125 to 150. He was doing well on the other lower tours while he was suspended on the PGA Tour. He came back. He looked okay. Uh, getting back in the feel of it. He's had more time. He didn't make a lot of cuts last year. Fine. Whatever. I get it. He's 6K. I don't care. Uh, I think his ceiling is I, his ceiling is probably 20. So he, he would be at the low range, but... I think he's got a solid chance to come out swinging this week in a weaker field and really just turn it on. All right. I like it. My monster is going to be Nate Lashley. Oh, I like that. 6,900. The man is a scoring machine. 3.89 scoring per 18. Um, Was in the top 100 in the world golf rankings last year. In my private model, he's the only 6K guy to rank in the top 10. I love seeing that. Love seeing that because it tends to work out pretty well. Um, historically in my favor, my private model. Now my net fantasy national mixed condition model ranks 59th overall, but things I like is those key stats. He kind of ranks in that upper tier, um, the upper 40%. So for a guy who's in the sub 7K range, I like um, no course history here. So that bodes well in terms of ownership. He's going to be at reduced ownership, so you can gain leverage to the field. Not the best, best bent greens putter, but it's not detrimental. Um, in terms of his ability to play here. So, Nate Lashley's going to be my first monster. Zach, who's your second monster? 
my second monster, and I, I love it. I love it. He's finally back on the tour. He was injured a, a lot of last season. He last time he played in the PGA Tour was the, the players in March, and he missed the cut. He looked awful. Uh, he was hurt before that. He missed multiple cuts. But I have a love-hate relationship with this guy. I mostly love. He's a good bent grass green putter, and it is John. Huh? You can follow him on Twitter at John Hahn 1990. Although it's private, so you can't see shit. But nevertheless, he has course history here. Uh, he's made three of four cuts, or three of five cuts. Hasn't finished better than 45th. Okay, so what? The tour was, you know, in the summer back then. He's wore out. He's coming in fresh. He's coming in like hopefully healthy. Uh, he ended the season with two make two cuts made with a 37th and a 39th after a string of terrible uh, missed cuts. So. I think his ceiling here is probably, again, in the lower end of our, our monsters. But I'm taking some chances here. And these guys are, like, bottom of the barrel. Like he's he's 6,200 as well. Um, when I look historically, he is a decent putter, 60th in the field on bent grass. Uh, Stat-wise, you know, nothing really grades out well because he was hurt. And when he was playing, he was just doing terrible. Um, but prior to that, he does have some rounds where he comes out and shows out. So he gets his putter on. He's a little bit more healthy. No one's going to roster him. He's going to be like 0.1% owned, and that 0.1% will be me, and I don't care. Well, good luck with that. <laughs> Again, this is definitely like a – he might be 0.1% owned, and he probably has a 0.5% chance of going all the way to the top, but I'm going to be in on it. I thought you were going to go Gergis. I, I did. That was my other one. Oh, that's just that's true. Uh. John, I was good. Uh, to be huh? fair, I was going to go Roger Sloan as my other monster, but I changed my mind when I saw that John Hunt was in the field. No, thank you. <laughs> Again, he'll be 0.1% owned, 0.1% owned, and it'll be me. It'll be less. You'll be the only one. Good. 0.01. Um, you know what I just realized? That cheating son of a bitch, Alex Jacob, is right above, right with him at 6,200. Sure is. Drop from. The, do you remember how he got suspended from the Honda? Uh, vaguely. He used no. the old topography. That's right. That's what it was. Yeah. yeah green yeah. reading, and it made no sense because they redid <coughs> the greens. Yep. Yep. That was right. I forgot about that. That's oh, awesome. You talk about a guy who's good. You should play him too, because he's going to be low owned and he's a much better golfer than John. Huh. False. False. Much better. And he's gonna cheat. No one is he's gonna, better than John. Huh? He's gonna cheat to win. Hopefully, he just doesn't get caught this time. That that would be my goal for Alex Jaika. But no, he's not my other mo- uh, monster. I'm gonna play it safe. I'm going straight to Sean Stefani. Ah, uh, boo! You can't play monster safe. Why? It makes the most sense. If I, I could have gone Josh Teeter. True. But, I like Teeter. But I like Teeter. But I don't like him to finish top twenty. Um, Stefani has that kind of build to finish in the top 20. I like him here. He is going to have a little bit higher of an ownership. Um, you are hoping for a strong putter, but we're looking at on easy courses, the guy just plays well. 22nd at the Wyndham, 33rd at the John Deere, uh, 15th at the 3M Open, and 35th at the Rocket Mortgage Classic. All made cuts. Obviously, we're hoping this weaker field will elevate that scoring position for him. Who is your guarantee? Guarantee is Mr. I've made six of eight cuts here. Also have a second Johnson Wagner at, I don't even know what his price is because he's awesome, 6,700. He is a great, well, above average, bent grass green putter, 42nd. He ranks out seventh overall in the mixed condition model at 6,700. I, I have nothing more to say than that. Six of eight cuts, has a second. I'm in. Fair enough. My guarantee to make the cut is a guy I already mentioned. It's Josh Teeter. Um, didn't miss the cut in 13, made the cut in 2014, has not played here since then. Um, but stat-wise, he just kind of fits that mold of having some success here. Ranks 24th overall in my fantasy national model. Um, what I like most is the fact that in proximity, he's third overall, and he gives a score. So I like scores in this in, in this 6K range. Give me the score over someone who is going to play it safe, play it casual, um, especially when you consider that this is a double-digit scores course in order to win this tournament so if i am going to have a 6k guy in my roster i most definitely want the guy who's going to be scoring while doing it so any other 6k guys you want to touch upon maybe i mean i will just throw a couple names out since we're running out of time it's peter uline harris english peter malnati rich warisky cameron percy and jj henry 
Love him. I'm going to throw Kim Davis out there, Hank Leviota, and I'm not going to say play anyone else because I, I, I'm just not a fan of the 6K range when you don't have to go there. It's kind of the way I play PGA DFS, but um, there are a lot of long shots, so make sure you do your research and homework on some of these guys. Mark uh, Anderson. Billy Hurley the third. <laughs> uh, uh, Brandon Zhang, 6K. George McNeil. Uh, Boo Weekly's in the field, just so you know. Joe Boros, who the hell is that? There's some, there's some good. Uh, if you really want to go digging, Kyle Westermoreland, you know, uh, Vincent Whaley, Tyler McCumber. Oh, your boy, your boy, sneaky, sneaky Boo Weekly. I know he's there. Hayden Springer, all these guys new on the tour. There are some gems out there. You know who's not here? I do know who's not here. Martin Piller, not here, not here. Men are all alike. Seven or eight quick ones, and you're off with the boys to boast and brag. You better keep your mouth shut. Oh, I think I love him. All right, well, that'll wrap up the cut line in our analysis of the Greenbrier. And that's it. It's over. It's all over. Please, please, please. Have a fun tournament, ladies and gentlemen, and catch us next week as we break down the Sanderson's Farm Championship. Big thanks to you, Zach, for all the hard work and effort you do for this show. You are the glue that keeps this thing together. That's a tough, tough thing to live up to. Absolute garbage without you. No, no, sir. Dude, I did it one time. It was shit. It was awesome. Uh, Well, a big, huge thanks to our listeners. Thank you, Fanshare Sports, PGA, Fantasy National. Ladies and gentlemen, get those six of six through. Go and get them. Peace.